from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. on livefromthepath.org. It's a Monday balmy night in here. Dan has got himself a... a it's the it's the continuation of the hat from last week. It's hey, really what it is. I, I'm, it's my new thing. I'm just going to keep doing it. Who do you think you are, Mike? What do you mean? Who do you think you are sitting in that seat today and not even a week ago sat where I'm sitting here and went, hey, man, don't tell us we, we you're not muting the mics. We're going to be crazy. And then tell all of us, hey, man, I'm not muting these mics. Yeah, but here's And the, then expect us to be any different. Okay, so here's the thing. The, the the fun part of the show for everyone else besides Ben is their irreverence towards the things he finds very important. Uh, just a, I mean, this shouldn't be a real surprise to you, but uh, we we don't. If Ben can't make it, we just don't do a show. Who oh boy? We just give up completely. Uh, but this week we've decided Ben's out of town, and uh, we thought we're going to sally forth as a as a four man operation, and this is going to go fantastically. So we're gonna we're gonna run a show tonight. Now we do, we do have a couple things uh, on the docket tonight. Uh, we're going to do uh, first of all, I was. Perusing uh, because I read uh, I read a lot of news, and I was I was <laughs> I was perusing Christianity Today, one of my favorite news outlets. Oh boy, oh <laughs> boy! And the to- the top uh, the top shelf, right? The very top thing that I wanted to talk about is the top five heresies among American evangelicals. And here's what here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to understand half of this. Uh, <laughs> So this, we're both playing defense in that if we do this article now, Ben won't be able to do it when he comes back. I suppose that's fair. And he'll be able to like, well, here's the thing about Armenianism or whatever <laughs> you want to talk about. And and two, um, we are um, – I, frankly, I want to see how this, how this applies to us. Like, yeah. are, are we just putting out information – um, about uh, like news articles that we don't actually care about. Like if I were going to say, hey, here's yeah. what God's got me doing, or here's how we're praying for the Holy Spirit to move in our community, right. or here's spiritual disciplines that we're thinking about getting involved in, and then whiz-bang, the top five heresies among American evangelicals. And I think, is this nothing more than uh, the screw tape letters? Right, that gets that. That basically, uh, the devil goes, "Look, uh, think that you're doing a good thing and get slightly off topic." You I know, thought you, you know, were trying to say that the screw tape letters were the same as people writing random and unnecessary uh, articles. I was like, that is a bold comment. No, I thought screw tape letters are pretty good. Well, that's the thing is that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's it's the reason I really like the screw tape letters is because like the subtlety yeah. of which you can just slightly curve somebody off of what yeah, they're skewing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, you know. But the great thing about publishers is, is you get some great content periodically that's really right. helpful to, to your faith or just to life in general. And uh, the, the negative side is they, they have to keep filling that time. You know, they, they, <laughs> you know sometimes they sit around and say, we don't know what to write about. Uh, heresies. I mean, you know, they just throw stuff out. And, and some, some sometimes it's maybe not relevant as much as others. However, there's segments out there that this is probably pretty relevant to. I like to think that they have a dartboard. And it's yeah. got all the buzzwords on it, like heresies and apostate and all this random stuff. And then they throw the dartboard and they have to come up with some random article and then write. And it has to have a list form. So it's got to be like the right. seven things about Christianity that the devil loves or something. It's so, like, so what? I, I, yeah. I had, like, I had a major publisher looking to publish uh, books I was doing like 20 years ago. Oh, dang. 
And and like major, major. I, I was really shocked. They called me back and, and they said, you're doing everything wrong, uh, but I want you to know where I'm going after this. And I'm like, oh, whoa, okay. Um, and, and he explained to me, I have no idea how these books work, right? I just did this thing and threw it together and this from a newspaper column I used to do. And, and uh, he said, I love it. I love this stuff. But he said, here's how this works. You have like, say, seven editors. Uh, and this is in the book publishing. Uh, and, and each each one comes with a book they're going to pitch, and 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 they they threw it to the group, and and he kept pitching mine, but the problem is everybody has to say yeah we're in, and and throw theirs out, right? So oh. it was Dan Hudson from Atlantic Iowa at the time that no one's ever heard of, or Chuck Swindoll who everyone's heard of. Chuck like, Swindoll. Who's going to sell more books? Well, Chuck Swindoll is. I mean Chuck Swindoll did stuff for them. Bob Russell. I mean there, there were some big big does names. He, that, does he accentuate the last half of his name like that? Swindoll. I think it was just me. Is it Chuck Swindoll Chuck or Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll? Swindoll. Yeah, I think it's a back half. Yeah. Back half. Anyway. Maybe, maybe so. Anyway, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, not that I mine was any better than anybody else's, but who knows how many really good things never got published because, well, you know, they don't know enough people. Yeah. Hey, man, just as I, I try to never pump you up too much here, Dan, but I've never heard of the Chuck Swindoll, but I've heard of Dan Hudson from Atlantic, so there so, you go. I mean, I, I'm thinking, and the book did sell well in Atlantic, Iowa. There you go. And and, and actually, today, I'm pretty sure I, my I dad might have copies, too. Today, yeah. Yeah. I sold <laughs> Okay, uh, the other article uh, Dan pumped through was six things that Christians like to do that are not in the Bible. This no. one I'm actually a little bit more, that or that aren't biblical. And so I was kind of excited to run through this one, so I think we're going to crack out with this one. You oh, boy. All right. All right. Uh, this is on, uh, actually, what's, I mean, it's quickly becoming our greatest source of news, the beliefnet.com. Yes. Uh, six things that Christians like to do that aren't biblical. Uh, I'm kind of liking their stuff lately. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just stumbled on them and like, hey, this is kind of cool. Did you? I mean, did you already peruse through it and see if I, it, it applies? I, 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 like, I don't recall. It. Okay, yeah, here we not, go. Not, not in depth. <laughs> it was your half-hearted, half-hearted, I half-hearted. Like, hey, it has a number on it. I'll send it. There is a picture of a pretty tattered Bible that appears to be glowing, <laughs> which should really, you know, bring the that red spiritual. letter Bible. It's from Shutterstock.com. I yes, mean, that's is. lame. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, the article says, the Bible is full of wisdom, but is often misquoted and misunderstood. True. The same goes for Jesus' words. While the teaching of Jesus only lasted around three years prior to his death, in that short amount of time, a tremendous world of truth, myth, legend, and superstition was built around him. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Christians like to say things, number one, Christians like to say things that are not in the Bible. In Psalm 119.16, David promises God, I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. In Deuteronomy 11:18 through 19, God exhorts the Israelites, "You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall see, teach them to your sons, talking them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you rise up." As believers, we know we are to study the Bible, memorize it, and obey it. But the Bible doesn't always say what we think it says, and there are a number of phrases that sounds like they come from the Bible, but they don't. Now hold on, how are we trying to address this? How do we address phrases that we believe are in the Bible but are actually not? Secular versus Solomon. Secular Solomon. <laughs> we read our work? Bibles. We're a step ahead. That's right. Who's doing the work of the Lord live from the path has? Doing it for 10 plus uh, years. Uh, now, hold on. This doesn't really give... I'm going to keep reading it. But it doesn't give ways to know the difference here. Hold on. It is important to know facts about the Bible and that we take God seriously, particularly if you are living by the Word and professing it to others. Oh, here are six things Christians like to do that aren't biblical. That wasn't the first one. Well, there we go. Okay, one. We'll say things that aren't in the Bible. Uh, this article is confusing. Oh, here we go. Some sayings are simple rewordings of biblical truth, but others are dangerous heresy. Ooh. Despite how clever or even edifying a quote may be, if it isn't in the Bible, we have no guarantee that it is the Word of God. Well, 
Well, of course not. They don't have an example of like a common phrase that people latch onto and then claim to oh, be. Oh, they're just saying stuff. Yeah. Say stuff. yeah. I think it might be like the Lord never gives you something you can't handle. Yeah. Like that's one I've heard forever and that's yeah. not anywhere in the Bible. Yeah, it's actually quite the opposite. Week. He'll yeah. give you what you can't handle yeah. so you need him. God don't make no mess is one thing I've also God heard. Don't, God don't bless no mess. Well, I've heard both. Okay, so I've totally thought to myself this week when I was, I, I think I was asking God to get involved in something, and I thought, God don't bless no mess. You need to get, <laughs> you need to get your stuff in order before you start trying to get the holy God to you, jump on board of your broke down train. You might have gotten that from a Southern Baptist family member. I think I've, I think it used to hang in the house of a Southern Baptist grandma. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, for sure. God don't bless no mess. <laughs> It's like, it's yes, like he does. The, we're all messes. Little footprints uh, poem thing. Yes. You know, say. Oh, there was seems, only one set of footprints so because Jesus carried me the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's it's a warning that, that, that Christians commonly say things that aren't in the Bible. I don't even know what to make of this exact point. Uh, with the, there's no factual basis to it. I could see that people yeah. might do it, but like... Is it just a general, hey, watch what's coming out of your mouth and what you're attributing to the Lord? Because you could never preach a sermon. You could never talk to somebody in a real kind of way. Like, if I can't paraphrase what's in the Bible for people who are coming from different places and different backgrounds, then honestly, I'm going to have a real hard time teaching people about who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. If I have to use the KJV straight up to to deliver any type of information. N.T. Wright has made my Bible reading a lot better throughout the years. And if I can't go to to like him and then unfortunately one time Doug Moo uh, to try and figure some stuff out, I don't know anything. And even Jude quoted Enoch in his letter. Just a heads up, that wasn't ever in the Bible. No, also, yeah. Well, you know, I think I think the idea is to be be careful that you're not elevating right. human wisdom to godly wisdom. Um, I talked about this on Sunday that that you know we'll, we'll t- in the context of prayer we'll say oh man send your send your positive thoughts and vibes and, and prayers you know and, and it's like well, don't don't put those on the same level I mean they're not the same thing yeah but even Christians will use that that phrase and I think would you even know how to send a vibe I mean yeah <laughs> wiggle your hands real that, quick it's or, a I message mean, on yeah on Facebook. We scream say, in your head when we say we're praying for you do Just people like, put that on the same level as because like I can legit pray for you. But like people are like, I'm sending good vibes. Did, I mean, does anyone actually Beach physically boys? follow like through a, with it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that, that, that's, yeah. I don't yeah. even know what that looks like. I, I was shaking earlier. I did the magic hands. If you had to, if you had to associate a noise with sending a vibe, what would it be? Nathaniel, you first. <laughs> okay, it's not, it that's, a, like, that's not a vibe. It sounds that's, like taking a grunt. That's called a bell okay. movement. Okay, yeah. uh, Booba, send a vibe. <laughs> okay, very uh, smurfy. Yes. Uh, kind of smurfy. Yes. Dan. Gargamel. I just said it, but what did I do? I was like, uh, no, 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 I'm mimicking. Um, <laughs> no, you did it first. I mimicked you. I got oh, you back. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember what I did. Dan, you got to come up with a new one. You see, uh, you got to wiggle the hands, though. That's okay, you a, sound here. like you're calling the boogeyman. <laughs> I'll do it. Walla, 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 walla. There we go. Yeah. I won't even participate in it because I love Jesus, so I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> uh, I've tricked you all into heresy. <laughs> Okay, oh, second thing to be weary of. I like how they're prescribing people change their ways without describing how people screw it up. Yeah, this, they need to be more specific. This is an earmark of a bad sermon. This was a C.S. Lewis qu- uh, tweet. Yeah, yeah, this is a mistake. What's because, wrong with him? He's really gone down since he died. died. <laughs> it's really the things that I, I take in from uh, like really good sermons are, are, are the, the folks that can, that can take some biblical wisdom and say, here's how you're guilty of this. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> totally guilty of it in that way. Slap. Dang it. This was a very persuasive article. <laughs> yeah. Do you get the vibe? <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, sorry. The second one is read horoscopes to determine future events. 
My, my mom used to do that. Oh, jeez. And I tell her, don't, don't do that. Don't what's do your do sun that. sign versus your falling sign or whatever it is? I, I, so this is this is difficult, right? Because this comes up like in everyday conversation. You'll be at work or something, and people are like, "What's your astrological sign?" You're like, "I don't do that. I don't believe in it. I'm a Jesus man." And they're like, "Ooh, okay, fun hater." <laughs> you know, then, then they're out. What's your but, sign? The cross. But these same people would be like, "Hey." <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna go buy a car today. It's a it's a lining in the stars. Like, okay, dude. Dan, that's a real Ned this Flanders way to live life, and I love it. What's your sign? The cross. I yeah, I gotta be honest. I I, I mean, I'm Ichthos. I'm, I just passed over forty. The astrology signs haven't come up in like twenty years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. It was kind of a big thing about okay. like probably when you said it came up at work. I was like, this has come up at your no. <laughs> No, I was, that's true. I was, I was working give, on a generator, and then a guy goes, "Hey, man, my Libra is really falling right." I was now. trying to give a relevant example that would convince me, Mike. It's method. okay that you have no relevant examples to this. That's a good sign. These astrological signs. Okay, we're skipping it. It's dumb, but I haven't had it happen to me ever. It, it does remind me that Jupiter is really bright tonight. I saw it <laughs> coming out of going to my car before coming here tonight. That's awesome, Dan. I just thought I'd share that with you. Thanks, Dan. Good to know. <laughs> it could be a sign. It could be mean something big's happening. But his mouse is yeah, it's Jupiter. Time. It's gigantic. There we go. <laughs> Second one. Or third one, excuse me. Uh, that uh, things Christians do that aren't in the Bible. Tithing based on a sense of obligation. Ooh. Let's see what line you walk here, friend. Not very many people are comfortable talking about the ways they give monetarily to the church. I don't know why. <laughs> you should feel real free about that. Most would rather not talk about it at all. So many Christians look at tithing as a final issue when it's really a matter of the heart. In the Old Testament, God instructed his people to tithe, give 10% of their income to meet the needs of the religious, economic, and political system of ancient Israel. In the New Testament, unnecessary comma, Jesus set the higher standard, though it was a less precise standard. The Bible says giving is to be done cheerfully rather than as an obligation and not for the purpose of public recognition. Too often we treat our financial situations and other resources as though God needs them. Rather than give out of a place of gratitude, we see ourselves as thrifty overseers doling out scarce resources. We forget that every good thing comes down from our Father in heaven. Uh, so, uh, I mean, tithing's a, a full-fledged uh, uh, subject of itself, but like, do you find that most Christians struggle uh, in this area to like give out of uh, a joyful heart? I mean, Western Christians, but it's because we suck at money. Mm-hmm. Just in general, like our society is terrible about about correctly handling money in, in a in a Christ kingdom way, and we get t- completely trained the opposite of, of how this is. We're 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 like completely disposed to to getting as much as we can, even if we're generous to some extent. Like it's all about saving as much money as possible for retirement and having the nice cars and having this like safety net. Versus how I've seen people that have gone to different places in the world and have like lived there for a while have, I mean, just radical views on money that just scare me. You think it's a comfort problem? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it is because people are so like money hungry and centric and stuff. Yeah, but why? Why would you be hungry for money though? What do you mean? Why would you be hungry for to money? what end? Right? Just to have well, yeah, it? agreed. Yeah, no, it's it's the wrong way to look at it because it's comfort, it's safety, security. Yes, absolutely. And people, rather than mm. putting their trust in God to be their security, they put their trust in themselves in the way that they handle money to go. I'm going to get as much of a buffered safety net as possible in my bank account, and that's where my my security and safety comes from. But some of the most radical people I've seen with money are the kind of people that'll like pull up their bank account and go, "Well, I have rent due in a couple weeks, but this person needs a thousand bucks." 
So I'm going to give him a thousand dollars and trust that the Lord's going to take care of it. And he friggin' does. So like it's 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 insane. They'll give a grand away, and then for some reason, a couple days later, like I got a check in the mail that I wasn't expecting from a guy I knew four years ago that I helped out, and I never I told him to never pay me back, and he did. And I'm like, really? I'm I'm difficult to be generous with the twenty bucks, and this person's giving away everything they have, and the Lord's like, yeah, thanks, I got you. So yeah, I I think uh, I don't know if this is even titled right because I think people aren't tithing out of obligation. I think they're not tithing at <laughs> yeah, all. Right, they're tithing. <laughs> That's what I think is yeah. happening. <laughs> and out of the three percent of people who do tithe, there's probably about fifty fifty. Some are obligation, and some out of like yeah. I just love to do this. Yeah, I love to see kingdom work being done, and I'm just gonna put it in there. Right. Uh, I tell you, what, we we just adopted uh, as a church uh, an Afghan family. Is that uh, how you say that? Afghani. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. But they're a refugees. Family sounds like a family of dogs or blankets. <laughs> they're a family of, of refugees from Afghanistan uh, who, who don't know the language, who, who yeah. uh, you know, are struggling. It's a family of eight. Um, anyway, we're going to provide groceries for a year and um, to make sure they eat. And then they can, you know, work on the other stuff, on, you know. But, um, like, we're in week one. So, so actually, we're week one and a half. The, the first week, I, I just went out myself to, to kind of fill up the, the groceries. Um, because people didn't know about it yet, you know, and then now it's kind of going. But anyway, p- point being, I-, I went to this ethnic grocery store, and I don't, I don't nothing. Like I'm walking around in circles. Like I have no, I don't know what this stuff is. It's all in different languages. I'm like, I have no clue. I'm trying to find goat meat and 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 lamb meat and 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 stuff that I'm just don't not used to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and different types of rice, different, you know, different different stuff. Anyway. I was walking, and it was just, I was almost giddy. It was just like, I, I, <laughs> I, for, for three days, I was just like, this was so exciting. Not not in a self-righteous way. I mean, not right. like, oh, I'm awesome. I mean, but it was just like, how cool. I, I'm helping this family, we are, uh, from Afghanistan, who a year ago were, were going to, you know, afraid for their lives. Uh, and now they're here, and now they're afraid for their lives again, uh, but more of a slow, painful death of starvation. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a, I think, it's cool to see a group of people come together with a generous heart. Because then once people, once the word got out, like like with the table filled up with the grocery, you know, you know, and we're gonna, I say we're gonna do it for a year, and it'll be fun to see how this goes. Is it just a, a cool thing now, or six months from now are they still gonna be uh, providing it? Well, I think they will. Uh, people were throwing cash at it, and people were like, you know, it wasn't an obligation. You could tell it wasn't an obligation. People were like genuinely like thrilled to like, wow, we can help someone for real, you know, yeah, um, in, a, in a in a very tangible way. I think I think when you and and. Uh, I don't. We we've just started doing this within our own family, but like when you are intentional about your generosity, mm-hmm. it's amazing how much freedom that brings you. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, someone will be like, "Hey, uh, whatever, we're a little bit low. You know, can I borrow some money?" And I'm always like, mm, "Well, I don't know. I have to see whether we can actually afford to give you the money. I don't yeah. know. You know." And and you think, well, I, you know, I should give sacrificially and whatever and blah 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 and 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 like you flat out just ain't got the cash because you didn't plan for it, you know, or or even something ridiculous like Boo is legit, right? Like we know this dude, like he just out of nowhere <laughs> just shows up with a thousand bucks, finds out Boo is looking to buy a car, gives him a thousand bucks. And says you should go buy that car right now. I don't need that money back. And then he, he's off in the wind, you know. And you're like, what? and it meant nothing. Yeah. It was, it was, it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen because it literally did not even register. And I was like, maybe this is like a drop in the bucket for the fella. He's got like you know twenty grand in the bank and a nope. thousand is nothing. No, that was he emptied his account. And it wasn't an account. It was the cash he had in his pocket because he didn't like to keep stuff in accounts. <laughs> he handed everything in his wallet to me and went, yeah, go buy that car. 
Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? And like, the, there's, there's joy in that. that. Well, that's the thing. Is there's yeah. right? We've no. Most people don't trust that God will honor that and provide through that, and and so you never actually get the joy that God is promising in it. You know, you never actually get to feel the joy of going. Look, I, if you you need two thousand dollars, I got it. I've actually been saving it. Right. For this specific reason. Yeah, I had my, no idea why. That's right. Yeah, yeah. My, family, my family's going to continue to eat. Yeah. My car payment will get made. Our our mortgage is good, right? We can still buy a soda on the way home, and I can still give you two grand that I've been socking away because God said plan to be generous, and then you get to do it, and you're like, perfect. Because if that same situation would have come up and you were not planning for it, then you can't actually help at all. And you missed on on a, a, a blessing to them and a joy to you. And like that is where I think we fall short. I, 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 the tithe is a thing. Um, I, I mean, we tend to look at it just a hair differently because right. we're not supporting the infrastructure of a of a church. Um, so, like some of that, I think for for you guys that go to uh, you know standard brick and mortar churches where you got a pastor, I, I think you need to be tithing. I, you know what what that building is doing. You know that what people are being paid to to keep the place up. You know it's got to be air conditioned and and heated, and someone's got to clean the floors, and like you know all these things. And so, like act like your money's just going to some I don't know what void. You know where it's going look around you know and so you know i think it's a little bit unfair to go well, i don't trust that church with my money well you trusted it to show up and use all the resources right. you that the were donuts. being bought yeah. by other people right so like that seems ever complaining because they didn't have a good enough light show that cost 100 <laughs> grand you know it was like <laughs> I, and here's the thing is like your heart's just wrong on this anyway you know yeah. what i'm saying like you right. need to talk to god about this thing i'm not saying that you that the number is is holy at 10 percent, and all 10's got to go to the church that you're attending like we if you were if you intend to be God honoring in the thing, God will honor it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying you can dictate what He's going to honor, but if you truly seek His advice and seek Him out on where you you need to put your money, how much, and where it needs to go to do the things that He wants to accomplish, I, I, I'm confident He will answer this for you. And this is one of those things that He straight up calls us out to go test me on this. Like, Correct. test me mm-hmm. on generosity. If you are doing money the way that I'm telling you to do. Test me on how I will bless you with this. And that's so freaking cool. And I, 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 I've I, done it a few times, and I try not to tell any of the stories because I just want it to be a God moment because it's it's mm-hmm. when it is God-honoring in that financial thing and it's not about you and it's not about you looking good to your friends or having a story. Like, when it's literally just like, I don't need anybody to know about this. Mm-hmm. It's not a story that's important for me to tell later on. All it is is God loves you so much, and he's told me that this is the way that he wants to show you right this second. And so I'm going to do it. And then when that multiplies in your life, whether that is multiplying joy in your heart, whether that is actually financially multiplying things, because I've seen both happen, it is such a cool friggin' thing for God to go, okay, you did what I asked you to do. I appreciate that. You trusted me here. Let me show off for a second, and let me show you show you what I can do. And it's insane. It is truthfully insane, and it has happened so many times, and it, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Nathaniel, how much of uh, of the things that we're talking about do you feel is just straight up regular discipline with money or trusting God with, with money? I think it's, it's, uh, 50-50. Like when you feel a call on something, then yeah, you got to give it up. But also like there, you have to set aside, you know, some coin. You can't just, uh, leave it up to the Holy Spirit every, every month, I feel like. But also I was, I was actually considering this the other day where I was like, do I, do I maybe lack some joy in giving because, m- 90% of my giving is on auto pay. <laughs> like, do I, like, maybe, 
basically everything that I, all the money that I give away, I never think about, never, like, I don't, I don't ever happens. see it. You it, thought about it when you set it up. Yeah. yeah. And so then you, you go on your merry way. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of the same way. So yeah. you don't have to answer this, but I, I'm, I'm slightly interested. Is like the stuff that you give away, is it static? Is it the same every month? Uh, I mean, basically, there's like been a few times like where uh, I've seen somebody or something that came up to me and like, hey, blah, 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 this and that. And then I'll be like, okay, yeah, for sure. Here's some coin. And uh, that's happened. But also, for the most part, it's like, okay, give to the, the, the three African kids or, or whatever and this and that and the, you know, and it's all on auto pay. Yeah, you know what? I, I, because, because I could see it going completely the other direction. Where I'm like, uh, like, because we are we're the complete opposite direction. Like we, we, we do auto, you know, cut and and move, um, but we don't target to go anywhere. Like we just wait until you know we feel like God has a, a place for us to go. Um, and and uh, I, I, I don't. Once again, I don't know if <laughs> there's nothing great or or terrible about either one. But mm-hmm. like, I would probably invite. Uh, my family to consider uh, some consistency so people can depend on it. You know, some some organizations or some in particular people can depend on it. Um, and then I would maybe also invite you to consider, like, moving one of those to a more nebulous, uh, look, we're just going to, this part is going to get banked in until I find a, a place where, yeah, this is it, you know? A slush fund? Yeah, a slush fund for slush generosity. Fund. <laughs> yeah. A tithe, a tithe, a tithe slush fund. Yeah, a tithe of a tithe. God fund money. Yeah. Uh, I, here's the deal. It's like, I, like I, this is this conversation is totally different amongst the fellows in this room at the ages we now are. Right? Come find yeah. me when I'm 21. Um, this is a much tougher conversation, but it shouldn't have been. Right? Like because if you if you can try to try to trust God on this thing out of the gate, I, re- I remember talking to my grandparents. Um, my grandma, my grandpa was is a was a pastor, and my grandma. Um, was obviously his wife, and like I, they never had a ton of money, you know, because I know what pastors made, especially back, you know, through the seventies and up through two thousand in small Southern Baptist churches. And I asked, uh, I, I asked Grandma, I said, how do you, how do you look at the tithe, you know, just out of curiosity? And she goes, Michael, we never made very much money ever, um, but you would never know that because of the way that we honored God with it, like we took in very little. Uh, and we have we we would someone would always show up with a turkey for Thanksgiving. Someone would always show up with an unexpected gift to cover up a, a situation that God had had led us into. And she goes, "Don't ever be afraid to trust Him with your money." And like she had lived, and she told me this when she was sixty five or sixty six or something, and she had done it her whole life. And I thought, well, that's a shame to me, right? Like I, I wasn't trusting Him with my money at all. And then here I am, twenty years later, finally going, "Okay, Grandma, wow. I'm willing. Yeah. I'm willing to listen to God for." <laughs> and the fact that you vetted it out and said, "Yeah, God can be trusted in this," you know, and and give it another shot, and and so, uh, and and as far as I can see, God is is he really is, and he does. It's one of the few things in the Bible that God says, "Go ahead and test me on this thing." He very rarely feels like he chest puffs, you know, like ta- like tail into Job. He gets a little. All right, now listen. Gird here. your loins. Yeah, gird your loins, and then and then about the money, he's like, "Test me on that money. Go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Mister. I know how things work." Yeah. Test me. All of you who think you can't afford it because he's talking to people in poverty-stricken, you know, right. uh, famine and and everything's a mess because they haven't been tithing. He goes, well, it's a mess because you haven't been tithing. So go ahead and start tithing. And, yeah, trust me. Trust me. Yeah, watch me multiply. Because I had every reason not to tithe. Right. Right. Uh, item number four, uh, b- believing in superstition. I don't know who these Christians are. <laughs> Okay, here's what I, I'm. If I have to sum up the way this article is going so far, 
you, you can't be half in and half out on this thing, right? Is God ruler or he ain't? Did he create the world or he didn't, right? He's your, he's your heavenly father that spun a world into existence out of his breath, made you in his image and likeness, and continues to want to be involved uh, in the world that he created for you, in you, and around you. And either you believe that or you don't like there's right. just you ha- kind of ha- so like there's not god and also a superstitious hat you know what though there, there, there's a big population of spiritual people out there who would say cons- they would call themselves christians but but they probably take in all this stuff uh, i mean that's probably why this has to be written that there's just a ton of people who you know, genuinely believe, genuinely believe that that you know, oh, it's Friday the thirteenth. I better stay home, or you know, whatever the superstitions are, and, and it's like they mix that with their they, like they're not grounded. You know, they haven't really read their scriptures. They right. just hear fuzzy sermons, and half the churches do fuzzy sermons now, and uh, so they're not. They're just not fed. Not, we don't. Have, we do not have a well-fed church these days. I'm tr- I'm trying to think of an example that I can point to where someone has agreed to be part of something like in a pretty big way and know very little about it not knowing exactly what they've agreed to right like yeah. like the phrase that you've said is like is, you know they they call themselves christians but they also believe in what the the you know astrological signs yeah. and uh you know some superstitious stuff or a black cat walks in front of them, they're like oh man i better get the salt yeah. or whatever it is the antidote is for a cat and and like I, I, I'm just trying to come up with a worldly example. I think maybe like a political party in some sense. Like, you know, you you don't think about it, and then every four years rolls around, and you're like, oh, I guess I'll check that box. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's me. I'm not really hip to actually who this man is or lady that's running for office or what they actually believe, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I read some tweets, and I'm all fired up now, and so this is who I am. Yeah. I, I think it's someone seeking answers but doesn't actually want to put any work in for it. And so they grab a hold of every possible, like, juju thing out there that can start explaining their crazy life whether it's i believe in god because there has to be a spirit above me that's making things change and then i also believe in my astrological sign because the way that the 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 moon is changing the tides affects the fact that i had a really rough day today and somebody was mean to me at the starbucks and it also changes my love life and that's important too and then i also don't walk underneath ladders and it's like (laughs) you you want to have an explanation for what's happening to you in this in this experience that you call your life, for, you but, want control, but you don't want to dig into anything and give up exactly that the control of it to say, I am underneath an authority, and I need to learn more about that to respect and love it correctly. Yeah, actually, because it's helpful because that's why people read the astrological signs. Right, they're like, I understand what's going to happen to me right. today. Yeah, I know what's going to happen next week because I'm a Leo. And now I can mold it. And I can say, yes, <laughs> yeah. I get, I get, it's back into my comfort zone. It's the right? season of my love life. I'm I love someone this. friendly. Yeah, correct. correct. <laughs> I'm a Libra. You know that means the scales are tipping. You talk to anyone who works in a school or in a hospital or uh, at police, and they will tell you full moons are crazy. <laughs> right. I mean, they do, they are. There's some. There's Mercury's in retrograde. So people got to explain it, and I don't know the science of it. So it must be, oh, you know, it must be some superstition thing. I used to work downtown in bars. Yeah. And yeah. the full moon was actually a big deal. Like we it, were were, like thing. we were werewolves. Yeah. And then I, I legitimately had someone come up to me and go, "Man, it's been a crazy night. Did you hear Mercury's in retrograde?" And I looked at that person and went, "You are out of your mind. Please walk away from me because the scariest thing in this bar is you." <laughs> 
Do you think some of those are self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Yeah. We think that the, that the, the, the full moon causes trouble, and then people instinctively cause yes. more trouble on full yes. moon. I don't know. Like, the kids at school, they don't know it's a full moon. They're just suddenly wacky. Well, the kids are at school during the day, Dan. It's not like they're... Well, I mean... You <laughs> I mean, the moon I mean, is still it, there. It, it's a madhouse. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, okay. My, my daughter, who has, works in a hospital, says it's amazing the stuff that comes in. Uh-huh. During full moons, gunshots more than normal, overdoses. I mean, just just stuff that's just people got in a fight with pork forks or something. I mean, is Dan just, arguing just for the possibility of the know. full moon and retrograde being a problem? No, Dan. We were trying to. Figure I meant it on the other side. I think people are crazy super, because they yeah. think there's craziness around. I don't. I mean, I just say maybe, maybe it really is like a, a geological thing, like a gravity. I mean, there's, like there's a got, there has to be an explanation, but we don't know it, so we make it spiritual. But it's not a God spiritual. It's a hey, man. The tides don't ebb and flow. Yeah, but God it's is not well a real aware thing. that the barometric pressures change or whatever on full moons. Or the, it's a gravitational pull for sure. Changes when it's full moon. Yeah, the Earth wobbles and is at a tilt, so the, yeah, the ocean just moves. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this alone. It has nothing uh, to do with don't the tides ebbing yeah. and flowing. I know better than to speak to this because I don't know. Uh, hold on. Let's sum, let's sum up what they said about superstition. Superstition is based on the faith of an object having magical powers. Another word for superstition is, quotes, idolatry. The Bible does not support the idea of things occurring by chance, like full moons, but nothing is done outside of God's sovereign control, also like full moons. Hey, does this count like the the uh, the little prayer box thing we were going to get? Uh, the what's, what's his name? The... Oh, the Joel Steen prayer. Steen. Oh, geez, prayer box. I don't remember what that thing was called. It's kind of like a, an eight Probably ball. The Joel isn't Steen it? prayer, prayer box. thing. What about the what? What about the umum, the urum, and the thurum? Ooh, the breastplate of magic. Are, like that, the priest or the wore? stick? No, that was God doing all the work. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> there are many types. God does all the work. He just uses he, objects or things to to show what he's doing. There are many types of superstitions in the world, ranging from benign, such as not walking under a ladder. That's just general safety. That is not a superstition. You just shouldn't do that. Uh, to magic, divination, voodoo, and sorcery, idolatry is forbidden. Okay, here's the thing. I, just a quick take on magic, divination, voodoo, and sorcery. Uh, I'm not saying that you cannot get some kind of results out of those. Uh, once again, screw tape letters, right? If 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 spiritual demonic activity or the opposer can find some way to get you to hook, line, and sink or believe in something that's act- not actually mm-hmm. true, he'll do it. And I'm not saying that it's not even a sleight of hand where the thing that you thought happened or was amazing and magical and it could only come from this superpower. I mean, you've seen a guy on TV like claim to transport himself to the top of the Empire State Building and you thought, wow. How did he do it? I still can't figure it out. There must, I, I mean, all logic says this isn't possible. There must be some type of sorcery at work, right? That, and it, it's all sleight of hand. And so, like, all, all, all the devil has to convince you of is that, that there is power outside of what God is offering. And it can get you what you want. And you are a very good substitute for an actual God. And you should be able to make this choice on your own. And that is why magic, divination, voodoo, and sorcery continue to thrive in certain countries and certain areas. And even, uh, you know, within certain people, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, I know actually what's best for me here and the best way to, but I still need some spiritual power to do it. And so I will lean on these things. And once again, like, it's all bogus, right? When uh, It was throughout the Old Testament where God said there are plenty of gods on offer. Those gods are demons, Right? And they do have limited powers to do some things uh, that will easily convince you that they are a good replacement for the actual creator God. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, you will find people that be like, voodoo works. It's fantastic. 
I use it all the time. And so you've spent a whole life believing that voodoo is rocking, only to find out that all you were, all you did, was turn your head slightly from the Creator God and believed in a spiritual thing um, that that made you not believe in who God was. And so, like, um, that's how those things continue to flourish. So, really, I think at the end of the day, what we're trying to say is, is don't be fooling around with that jazz. That is legit spiritual things, and you do not. It's not even like a funny game thing. Like, mm-hmm. just stay away from it. Right. It's not. It's not good business. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stay away from superstition. Drinking to get drunk. Ooh. Empty whiskey glasses. Getting drunk is prohibited in the Bible. While it is a sin for centuries, there's been great debate around the topic of drinking in moderation and even more in recent years. With the shift toward postmodernism, practices that were once discouraged by the Christian community have been embraced and even promoted. Whether it be alcohol, drugs, or some other addictive behavior, Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. When we get drunk, we are serving a master other than the Lord. Choosing to follow Jesus means choosing against our old sinful patterns and lifestyles. 1 Corinthians 6.10 lists drunkards among those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, so they're saying that there's, that there's a segment of Christianity that says it's cool to be drunk? Yes. Or just drink? I mean, no. I've kind of seen that. Like, I've never heard that. No, I think, yeah. Yeah, I've heard the it's okay to drink. Yeah. thing because alcohol is it's it's just a thing yeah but like not get drunk i've never heard the hey go get drunk for jesus yeah it's a pretty clear jesus got there. hammered at weddings i don't think that's true mm-hmm. hmm. interesting yeah. i mean i agree don't get drunk yeah I, like don't let yourself give in to something so much that it completely takes over your mind I, now listen uh, fellas and and people of the world <laughs> like i mean you've been drunk before it sucks right <laughs> like, right it's just, yes it's not even fun Right, I I can see how people like have a beer or two or drink or whatever's within your constitution to handle and be social and handle well and like I totally get it, but like drunk is it's not fun. God is protecting you from a thing uh, yeah. for a reason. Like every almost every ridiculous scenario someone has ever told me starts with I had a little too many, <laughs> you yeah. know, or I did or like I I I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing or blah 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 something or other. Like so like I could see, you know, how it could get away from you. Right, like you get started, and all of a sudden you don't pay attention, and maybe you got a little drunker than you intended. That I could see. Now I, I think you can be intentional about making sure that doesn't get there. I think you can live with some intentionality and not let things just take you by the wind and go. Oh, I don't know what happened. Right, that's probably a little much. Um, but like, if you're drinking to get drunk, you're you're drinking to you're drinking to to fill a hole. Right, and you're just filling it wrong. And that's the big problem. That's yeah. the big problem. Yeah. Right. So there's a couple different scenarios here, and like the one that they're prescribing is people are like. God says it's cool to get drunk. You're what one like you don't like authority, right? You're fighting against people right. that says don't drink at all. And like for some people, that's legit. You can't drink at all. You just can't handle it. It's, you weren't built for it. Every time you get near it, you act like a raven circus moron, right? You're out. You're just out. If you're a recovering alcoholic, you're out. Yep. Right? If you come from a long line of alcoholics or addictive behavior, you're out, right? And you're like, "Well, that's not fair. I should have freedom to do it." Go back to Ben's example of the uh, of the railing by the Grand Canyon, right? Where you see this as a great restriction to your life that you can't plummet yourself in the middle of the Grand Canyon. It's a gift to you, friend, right? Like these railings are here to keep you from hurting yourself. And like it's out of God's graciousness that he says, look, I, I, I this is a danger for you. Some people can, can drink and be fine and some people just cannot. Don't lie to yourself on whether you're one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right, figure out where you're at and what you need to do, and like uh, hang around people that can support that and support it well. 
And I don't care whether you love, I mean, I actually really care if you love Jesus or not, but this applies to all of humanity, whether you are currently following Jesus or not, right? Figure out which one you are and stick with it. There's just no reason to, to stray in, in either direction. Mike, I got I to gotta own something real quick. Tell me. I stole a birdhouse once. Whoa. That's got to be in Deuteronomy. I feel like this is the time to say it. I stole a birdhouse once. After drinking. After drinking. This is a drinking story. Oh, it was a drinking story. I was just like, going to ask Like from a person or from, from a store? Or? From a house. From just from you? From a, a house for people had a, a house for birds. It wasn't even. And I took it. An evil corporation that had millions of birdhouses. No, it was. That could easily absorb the loss. No, this poor little old little lady it was, who It was possibly birds, an old couple that had a birdhouse <sighs> that I really wanted it at the time. And so I took it. You might be the worst person I've ever met. That's probably fair. And uh, that's horrible. But here's here's the redemptive nature. I returned it the next morning. Oh, okay. I put it back, and um, I like it, I didn't leave a note for the birds or the people, mm-hmm. but I did return it. But that did happen, and I feel like this is the place that I, I felt safe enough to say it. This is yeah. That this I is did exactly drink the kind of stuff enough at one time that I did steal a birdhouse. When you don't know where you belong. <laughs> You belong. Don't get drunk. House, yeah. You might take property that's not yours. You're 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 a two drink maximum kind of guy, Booba. I'm a no drink maximum kind of guy. I stopped drinking two years ago, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Good man. I was never an alcoholic. My uh, my family had that troubles, um, and uh, uh, my uh, my loving now wife. When we were talking about getting married, one of the conversations was she goes, "I know you drink socially every once in a while because I had made mention that like I drink a glass of bourbon." Or some scotch. I drank like an 85-year-old man when I was 25. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd have a glass of scotch when I was smoking a brisket or something. And she goes, alcohol is nothing but a poison, as I've seen it in lives, and I've seen it destroy lives. And I want to know if you'd be willing to give it up forever for me. And I looked her in the face and said, absolutely, I'll never touch it again. And I haven't. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that because at the time I was like, eh, whatever, it's on her. She doesn't want that. It's fine. I'll take it out of my life. But now that I'm in a better place myself... I look back at that and go, that was one of the best possible decisions for me because there's not any part of me that says, hey, man, I should really mess around with things that I could get addicted to and uh, mm-hmm. and could be a, a fix for holes that I know I have. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was awesome. God totally worked through that. Hmm. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, that's the that that's the end of that article. That's the, it's, it tries to sum it up. It's <laughs> a little blast saying a bunch of weird stuff. Man, man C.S. Lewis has fallen. Yeah. That was we rough. Better stuff, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. How did that? Wait. It, was, how did that correlate to C.S. Lewis? It did it just that, say yeah, those words? C.S. Lewis account and weird. C.S. Lewis tweeted that. Tweeted. Tweeted. Whatever. Tweeted that. I thought, oh, that looks fun. That's C.S. Lewis account does put out some puts out interesting. He went from mere Christianity to that. Well, when you die, you know, your mind just kind of deteriorates. Wow, that's weird. Okay. So yeah, so that's it. We we do you want to hit this top five heresies among the among the? Church I mean, thing? I thought we were playing defense on this to make certain Ben didn't bloviate his way yeah, through okay. it. Okay, we're gonna nail through it real quick. Okay, uh, Christianity Today presents an article. Uh, okay, hold on, I'm gonna tell you a story. You remember this last couple of weeks we were talking about um, uh, fences, like we had talked about it when we talked about the Matt Chandler article, and we yeah. discussed it a little bit last week. And um, one of my kids had uh, approached me. And said, you know, Dad, I need to talk to you. I'm like, oh, no, this is never good. Any of the ladies in my life say, look, we need to talk. I'm like, oh, man. What, what did I do? Oh, crap. I'm, 
I've done, my wife just did it to me tonight. In fact, I said, "Hey, we need to talk a minute." I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, I've done. I've just do so many ridiculous boob type things. I'm like, I don't know, any number. <laughs> Your tail of goes them. between the legs. Got, like, yeah, okay, I'm, like, I'm right. instantly scared to death that like year. I've screwed something up. Oh, in crap, ways what a mess up! They're not even possible, right? I, I haven't even done anything near this bad. I'm like, oh no, what is that? <laughs> and so anyway, like, uh, what my kids comes up and they said, "Look, I've, I've, uh, you gave me some freedom, and uh, I, I, I wasn't using it right." And so I uh, kind of self figured that out. I cut off the path of which I was I w- that was causing me the trouble had to do with her phone. And uh, and and she said, if you want to take that phone away, I would totally understand. But I just feel like I can't lie about this and cover this up anymore. And uh, oh man! And so like I looked at her for a minute and I said, I tell you what, I said, uh, you you. You allowed the Holy Spirit to convict you of a sin without me having to point it out. You basically turned yourself in without getting caught. Uh, and then you said, whatever needs to happen to as, as repercussions of my actions, I'm willing to uh, submit to. And I said, I mean, I know 50-year-old dudes that are struggling to, <laughs> to handle themselves in a way that is God-honoring in this exact situation. And I said, I, I got to be honest with you. Some of it's probably my fault. You know, maybe I gave you a little bit more freedom than you should have had. Um, but anyway, um, you can keep your phone. I mean, here's the thing: is like, and the reason I bring this up is because we were talking about fences, and we we're talking about um, last couple of weeks. We've been talking about like the sin is behind the fence, and running into the fence isn't the sin, right? The fence is what reminds you of where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And it was just a further reminder uh, to me this week, as one of my kids went through the same thing. Is yeah, was there some some disobedience and some sin in there? Yeah, there was. Um, but like, I rarely run into people that will own up to their sin without getting busted, right? Especially at that age, right? It's just not. I, I don't know. It's just not a pattern. And so once again, when I see God has done the same thing, God allows us this freedom in all the things that He that that, that He describes as, as a life, and says, "I will give you freedom to choose Me, to not choose Me, to follow Me, or not to follow Me." And then as we bump, as we set up fences within our own lives and say, here, here's what we're trying to accomplish. I don't want to go much farther than this fence. Sometimes we do end up bumping into fences and then we're like, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm back in this situation again, you know, and, 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 but I need you to try to look at this in perspective. This is going to sound like I'm, I'm trying to be very liberal with, with the way that you follow Jesus. But what, what I think that I'm trying to do is to have you step back from being a Pharisee a little bit here and go, when you set up things in your life to keep you focused on Jesus and keep you focused on the life that you know you want for you and your family and the people around you. When you run into the fences that you've set up, do your best to try to not count those as a failure. I want you to count those as, as a success of the fence, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember I'm just a, a, a worldly example. Like we, I used to do a lot of electrical maintenance for people um, and travel around. And as we would travel around, um, we would go through and do a bunch of final checks, right? And so we would, at the end of the job, because we had a bunch of wires unhooked, and if you if you have electricity hooked up a certain way and you hook it up backwards, the motor that was spinning counterclockwise is now going to spin clockwise, right? And that's what happens when you flip these wires around. So we'd go through, before we handed the property back over their, all their motors, we'd go through and spin each motor. And what was happening was, is every once in a while, we'd find a motor spinning the wrong way. And everybody would be like, oh, I can't believe it. This motor spinning the wrong way. And they'd be like, how do we keep this from happening? I'm like, 
What do you mean, how do we keep this from happening? That was the fence doing its job, huh. right? You know it's going to happen. You can't stop all these things. You can't stop your your inconsistency as a broken human. You can't stop work, – workplaces are like this all the time. They're like, how can we make sure that this incident doesn't happen or this, this thing doesn't come up again or we don't screw up in this way? And like – Newsflash, you can't. Right. You can't stop that. It's going to keep on happening. You're dealing with human beings, and you can you can regiment them, and you can put a 1,000 steps in and a 1,000 double checks, but like they're still going to screw it up. The point is is that you put the double checks in so the effect of the screw-up doesn't actually land. That was the whole point of the double check, right? That's the point of your fences in your life, right? So when you say, look, I set up a Bible study with some fellas once every week, Right to make sure that I'm heading to where I'm at. I make sure that my computer sits in the middle of my house and not buried in a room somewhere where I can be on it by myself. Fence. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. these are these are all things that you set up. Like I set up a, a, some accountability that says, look, my wife can look through my phone anytime I want to. She can look at my gas station receipts to make sure I'm not buying alcohol if I shouldn't. Whatever. Like these are all fences. And like every once in a while, you're going to bump into them where like your wife says, hey, I do want to have a look at that receipt. And you're like, what? How dare you? We, we must be in a bad place. No, sir. These are the fences doing their job. Right. These are what these are why you set up the fence. And like you didn't buy the booze. So whatever. Look at the receipt. Right. You weren't up looking naked ladies up. So here, here's my phone. <laughs> look all you want, you know. And so I, and tell me the last time you actually needed like to be on your computer not where your wife could occasionally walk by or your kids could occasionally walk by. You don't. Right. You, there's zero reason in your life I'm to be done. I'm doing taxes. That. Yeah, right. So, like, do taxes out in the open, like 50 <laughs> accountants at the H&R Block, right? <laughs> and so, like, once again, uh, I, maybe I'm, I was just rethinking it. Because of that experience with my daughter, I just I was rethinking, like, my attitude towards the fences that, that we set up that, that may seem restrictive, but like they're tailor made for your life and you know why they're there. And once again, like I, I watched my daughter look at me and like, I mean, she was obviously afraid like this big hairy punishments coming. And like, honestly, there was no punishment. There was, thank you for being honest. I appreciate the things that you've done. All I'm going to ask out of you is, is, is this is not going to last. Like you're going to go a week or a month or whatever. And you're say, can I put this app? You're going to want to put the, this app back on your phone. And before you do that, I need you to come talk to me. That was that was the end of, of, of our session. And she was just scared to death I was going to take her phone. you know. But she could not have handled herself in, a, in any better way and in any better picture of the way that I think that we – of how we handle screw-ups mm-hmm. and bumping into fences and accidentally getting places where we don't want to be. So anyway, I bring all that up to say is like it's been a really good conversation past couple, three weeks about fences and – um, actually sinning and whatever and like you know maybe if i can just encourage you to embrace your fences embrace them know that you built them you get to take them up and tear them down as much as you want so if you put one up five years ago and it's sturdy as a rock don't be don't be getting all geeked up to move it you built it there for a reason leave it there you know and let yourself bump into it every once in a while and don't get mad that you did okay here we go last article today top five heresies among american evangelicals dan what's a heresy what does that even mean? Uh, false teaching. There we go. Yeah. The byline, it's two. It's 2022, but Arianism and Pelagianism are steadily making a comeback, according to the State of Theology report. I bet that's a riveting report. Here we go. American evangelicals' grasp on theology is slipping, and more than half affirmed heretical views of God in this year's State of Theology survey, released Monday by Legionnaire Ministries and Lifeway Research. 
The report references Legionnaire founder R.C. Sproul's teaching that everyone's a theologian. However, Dr. Sproul would be quick to add that not everyone is a good theologian, it read. The caveat applies to Americans in general and evangelicals too. Overall, adults in the U.S. are moving away from orthodox understandings of God and His Word year after year. More than half of the country, 53%, now believe Scripture is not literally true. We've talked about that a little bit. Up from 41% when the biannual survey began in 2014. Uh, just to address that right quick, when we say the Bible is not literally true, um, the fellows in this room, Life from the Path, will endorse that the Bible is God's Word, uh, written uh, infallibly. And so it is true in the way that some of it is poetry, and that is true, right? Some of it is metaphor, and it is a true metaphor. Um, but not saying that the metaphor itself has to be literally true for us to look at Scripture correctly. So, um, And that's just a cursory study of your Bible. I think you'll figure out real fast that like, um, you know, some of the things are not intended to be word for word, fact for fact, you know, verifiable truth. Like metaphors are metaphors, and you know they exist. So anyway, uh, here are the five most common mistake beliefs held by evangelicals in this year's survey. Number one, Jesus isn't the only way to God. More than half, 56% of evangelical respondents affirm that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, up from 42% in 2020. Now, hold on. <laughs> why, why would we need the three religions then? <laughs> you know what I'm like, doesn't it seem weird that we're not all holding hands and having a dinner if there is no actual disagreement? I mean, because really what we're disagreeing is, is is who the God of the universe is. That is what yeah. we're actually disagreeing about. Yeah. And so you have to be not in any of those three religions to actually think that this is true. So do you think that means that 50%—oh, th- th- these are evangelical respondents— so 56% of evangelical respondents, so people who claim to be Christians, affirm that God accepts the worship of all religions. Why is this why is this not possible to be true, Dan? I mean like why are they all wrong? Is that yes, what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean the scriptures filled with 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 I mean, I mean Jesus says that he is the way the truth and the life the resurrection I mean I mean everything everything points to Jesus everything does uh, he's the one who bled he's the one who died he's he was atoning sacrifice uh, uh, nobody else is um, yeah true and, and like you don't have to know getting at, I mean yeah you don't have to know a ton about uh, Judaism or Islam to know that like the the broad setup of of the Bible right yeah, yeah. is 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 God created humanity in His image and likeness mm-hmm. and then gave us a choice to either trust him completely or not and we chose to not and when that happened the world broke right mm-hmm. it cracked a little and and like if you believe that is a supposition which you do if you are uh if if you are a follower of judaism or islam both of those things you mm-hmm. we're still fine with the book of genesis here right we're on the same page mm-hmm. and so there has to be a solution for that problem yeah i, I was in the home of a muslim family this this week and um This is my second time meeting them, so it'll be a weekly conversation. And and, and so I brought up, hey, are you, are you guys are, are you are you Muslim? You know, do you, do you go to mosque? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had, had a good conversation. Um, and he said, you you're of Jesus. I said, yeah, yeah. We we we're, we're church. We're Christian. We believe in Jesus. Because yeah, I said, uh, we have great respect for Jesus. I mean, it was a very polite conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I left. I thought, okay. The whole my whole point was I want to. I'm building relationship. All right. Um, 
uh, where am I going with this? Um, if he were to die today, he would not have salvation because he does not. He believes in Jesus as a prophet of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I know people who probably think he would because he believes in Allah, who they would say is the same God as our God. He's really not. It's not. It's not Jehovah God. Um, yeah, uh, I know plenty of people who would disagree with that statement, but. Um, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and once again, it hasn't addressed the problem from Genesis 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Like it has not, it, like like those standard religions of uh, Judaism and Islam, of the major three, first of all, um, just uh, as, as something to keep in mind, um, the, the, the God of the Bible religions uh, make up 98% of religion in the world. Yeah, yeah. Right? These three are the major religions in the world, and they are all rooted mm-hmm. um, out of at least some part of the of the Old Testament. And so, like, but once again, um, they all suppose the exact same problem is, like, something mm-hmm. has to fix sin. Yeah. Something has to fix the separation between the God, creator God, and humanity. Yeah. And Christianity uh, offers up Jesus as the option, and Judaism and Islam, neither one do. No one else has spilled blood on that's, our behalf. That's correct. That's um, correct. And and I know how, I know where it gets there. What gets there is, is is we're so emotionally driven these days that that this is a wonderful family uh, that I'm speaking with. Mm-hmm. They are. I, I I love this guy. I mean, I've only met him twice. I'm like this. this we had this great relationship that's really forming, and but that makes me just hurt for him more, um, as well as I have. Uh, friends who are in the homosexual lifestyle and it's like well uh you know a lot of christians well maybe that's in the thing uh we'll, we'll say they're they're great they're fine that we need to affirm that only because i have a relationship that's right you don't want a severed friend. relationship between you and them yeah, yeah. And, and and actually and, and we can talk about that a little bit but like it is the number one thing that makes conversations like this very difficult right yeah, yeah. because once they find out that like there's this chasm um yeah. Now our relationship doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm not. I'm not speaking to you as a peer. I'm speaking to you as someone who has something that you need to know uh, to be saved. Mm-hmm. As, as opposed to, yeah, we just were on different roads going to the same place. It's like, ah, we're not though. Our roads are going to very different places. Yeah, that's the thing. And yeah. and the, I, I guess the 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 meat of that conversation is is like, um, I could easily allow you to go on and believing what you believe outside of what God says in the Bible mm-hmm. if I didn't give two craps about you. Right. And yeah. that's that's the conversation that's hard is mm-hmm. because from from the Christian's perspective, we will say, look, if we didn't care about you at all, I'd have no reason to bring this up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> right? Go ahead and do whatever you <laughs> Sucks want. Sucks to be you. But the problem <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. is like I know the change that God has made in me, mm-hmm. and I know the difference that Jesus has made in the people around me, and I cannot sit and watch a person that I know, love, or even don't know uh, try to live without that mm-hmm. and watch it go so poorly. Yeah. Yeah, we got a and lamp. Not- we got to put it in a lampstand. It's got to shine. Yeah, right. it's, not, it it's not judgment. We're not being mean. We're not hating people. It's just like, no, we love them. We, right. we want. I don't care if they're like me. I just want them to believe in Jesus. Correct. I, want, I want them to have that salvation through the blood of Jesus. That, yeah. That's what forgives our sins. So. And totally, for, for for you folks who don't know Jesus at all, I realize how arrogant that sounds coming yeah, from right. out of our camp. I, 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 I get that completely. <laughs> hey, if you raise from the dead, you can be arrogant. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I realize that you're like, you know, you think you've got the whole thing figured out. And that you and but here's the thing. I mean, it's the same thing 
thing that the Penn and Teller guy said that we like to like fall back on everywhere uh, is like the dude's an avowed atheist. He's like, I don't believe in any of these gods. But like, I've, almost every show, people come up after me and say like, Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? And like, doesn't that make you mad after a while? And he goes, No, right? Like, how much would they have to hate me to not try to bring it up? <laughs> yeah. So just realize, if you really that, believe it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Like, if we really believe what we say we believe, yeah, you should have some annoying Jesus folks coming mm-hmm. up to you and not trying to beat you over the head with your sin, but really just trying mm-hmm. to introduce you to your Savior. And that's right? sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Boo. And that's the real thing is it. If you're looking at it, and in, in what I think is correctly, it's. I'm not trying to just save you from from the damnation of sin or anything like that. I'm trying to bring you into the kingdom that is full of joy and is full of love and is full of light and in a, a world that you never thought was possible with with uh, the kingdom or the the king of this universe, the creator of everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to save you from the hammer. I'm trying to bring you from bring you to the light. Like yeah, that's what yeah, I'm here yeah. for. And if, if you switch up your mindset to where it's, I'm not trying to bring the weight of your sin onto you, which is absolutely true, that is part of the deal, but that's not what I'm bringing people into. I'm not trying to just keep them away from their sin. I'm trying to bring them to their father. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two. Jesus was created by God. A surprising 73% agreed with the statement that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. This is a form of Arianism. Okay, I'm just going to stop this right here. I don't give a crap about this conversation at all. Just not one lick about it. Uh, the Bible doesn't really speak to it. Like, uh, you know, right in the right in the beginning of Genesis, they're all three of them are hovering over the right. waters, and they're like, how was God created? Which one came out first? Did they divvy up like a pie? I'm like, I don't care about any of this. God didn't speak to it. I just don't care. I just can't imagine I would actually care. If I don't understand how he, he poofed a world out of nowhere, right. out of the breath of his nostril, do I really care how an infinite deity, like, sp- I just don't care. Well, it's, I, it's the same thing as water can be ice, and it can be vapor, and it can be a glass of water. It, come on, man. Other you can't Jesus fathom can't the understanding created. or creation of everything in the universe. You don't know what's going on. It just, <laughs> come on. There's There's bigger hills to fight. Yeah. Yeah. But he has deity. I mean, he, he's he's, yeah. he's he, don't 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 reduce him to uh, because then it gets oh Jesus is created just like Satan was. He's just one of the you know yeah right, like, right. Ah, you know, he doesn't then you're work for with God Jesus and, right. And, so you got to be careful there. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna yeah equal standing three parts. That's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole council yeah. of God. He just he runs the whole thing. That's it. That's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah. Although I'm see, I think Ben would be super excited about this because he understands this and I do not. But stay away from Arianism. Apparently it's no good. Arianism? Yeah, that's whatever that is. Oh, Jesus is not God. Given the above beliefs on Jesus as a created being, it's not too surprising that 43% affirmed that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God, which is another form of an Arian heresy. What are these Arians? These are people, evangelicals, still saying this? Yeah. Here's the thing. is We went through this last week. We were talking about the gal that's like, I was grew up with under Christian parents. No, you did not. They weren't right. Christians. That's the thing. It's yeah. like people are like, there's all kinds of different forms of Christianity. And I'm okay with some subtle differences here and there or some misunderstandings of some like traditional things. But some things, you're you don't you're not a Christian, right? Like right. if you believe one that Jesus is a created being and not a god not God, like he said he was, yeah. um, then you're not a Christian. You don't believe what's in the Bible. Two uh, if you say that Jesus is not God, one, that's also in the Bible. You flat out disagree with that or think that that's not true. I, I'm sorry. You're just, you're not in. There's qualifications for being in. We agree on like a couple, three things. And like you've taken the two red letter things and gone, I don't believe those things. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing we've been running into for 12 years.
years has been the whole concept of these is checkbox Christians. It's the people that they grew up in a Christian home, which means they went to a church at Easter and Christmas, and they consider them, themselves that because they've never had a prevailing argument that says anything otherwise. And so they go on and do surveys and get asked questions, and then you get stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number four, heresy. That's is run rampant in the church, Nathaniel. <laughs> number four, speaking of the Trinity... 60% of the evangelicals, this does make sense, survey respondents had some confusion about its third member, believing that the Holy Spirit is a force, but not a personal being. What? To be fair, the Spirit of God is often described as an impersonal force throughout the Bible, sometimes a dove, cloud, fire, wind, or water. But these are all just metaphors for the Spirit's personal presence. The Scriptures clearly affirm that the Spirit is fully God, just like Jesus and the Father, who sent us the Spirit, including the time when Ananias was described as simultaneously lying to the Holy Spirit and to God. So these are like Star Wars fans, who yes. are like the forest. It's, a, <laughs> hey man, it's, our it's the same way we send vibes. Wada, wada, wada. Wait, so what are they saying? They're saying that he's not a personal being, but he's... Yeah, I don't or, know. But it's like what? the act of God? Yeah. I'm confused. This is a weird distinction to make because, right. one, I think the Holy Spirit is widely misunderstood. And, frankly, it scares the crap out of people. Yeah. right? If, if you take yeah. the Holy Spirit at the value of which uh, the Holy Spirit is described in the Bible, the actions that the Holy Spirit takes um, here on earth, um, yeah, you should be freaked out a little. It's pretty kind of fantastic and awesome. And so uh, instead of putting, leaving it in, the, in the, the fantastic column, I think we want to control it. And act like it's under lock and key or guard, um, and and we can we can move it, we can confine it, we can say it does this, we can predict its movements, and like you just you can't do that. Yeah, this one's a weird one. Yeah, I did meet a fellow one time in Bible college uh, who did not believe in the Trinity. Hmm. What what was the alternative, or was there just none? Uh I don't know exactly recall. It's been a minute since I've talked to him, but right. he, I think his main argument was that the the Trinity was made up by the the Catholic Church. Uh, to, that to that argument could made made about a lot of stuff. I, I can't actually speak to that because I don't actually know the 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 roots of why he would think that. But like, to what what would be the benefit to the Catholic Church? I have no idea for making up the Trinity. I just remember thinking, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a weird thing to think. Of. It's just like an apostolic charismatic guy uh i don't think so i think he was read at the time he was reading a lot of the desert fathers okay. uh and uh i think that's maybe where he was getting some of it hmm. like pre pre-catholic okay. desert father type stuff and uh yeah i'm not sure like this man yeah like that fellow this guy right here don't be this man they're they're uh, yeah we're gonna leave the teaching on the holy spirit for another day but just know that the, the holy spirit uh I don't know. Like, it's not. <laughs> excuse me. It's not like the Bible comes out and says, "This is the Trinity," correct? And then lists people, right? It's just a way that we've tried to categorize the attributes and I don't even want to say characters of God, but the functions of of. Yeah. I mean, of Jesus God. said, "I'm sending the Comforter." That is a presence, is an entity. It's not a, a force. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you correct. Know? Correct. It's, uh, right. It's personified in Genesis one too. Correct. Yeah. Like that's that's a a being that exists yeah. as the spirit, the ruach with him, ruach Us or whatever create. it is. Ruach. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Here we go. The 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 best the top five heresies. Humans aren't sinful by nature. Well, this will get you guys in a in a tizzy. <laughs> Interestingly, fifty seven percent also agreed to the statement that everyone sins a little, 
but most people are good by nature. You're basically good. Yeah. It's ridiculous. How many people have you met? Like, I don't know what kind of hole you live in, but you know this is not true because one, you've met yourself, and two, you've met your wife. And three, you've met the guy that runs the Quickie Mart. And four, the guy that gave you the Uber last week. And the dude that tries to collect your bills. And the kid that tries to get you 25 bucks for a $15 mo, mo job in the front yard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've met a large portion of humanity. You know this is not true. You know you are not generally good by nature. I've met maybe five people in my entire life that I would argue that they have no sin in their life just because of who they are. Yeah. Everyone else generally sucks. Yeah. Generally like good just, by nature. And I'm sorry, none of you are in this room in those five. No. I Maybe mean, Dan. You're like a, a a year and a half, and you're already clocking people <laughs> in the head and stealing stuff and pushing people. And, and oh, that's man. just our nature. We, we, we're, we're bent toward <sighs> destruction yeah. and death. We're basically good. I feel like maybe I, I'm wrong about this, but I feel like I read a book by Jack Cottrell where he talked about... He just passed away. Oh, really? Yeah, like two days ago. Huh. Rest in peace. Ben would mourn that loss as well. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I've heard of the man. Anyway, the the book you read. Uh, And I think he wrote in the book, I think it was the book Faith Once for All. And uh, he didn't believe in the the sin nature, the natural sin. Like, I... I wish I could remember things better. <laughs> so, uh, this so is I, not making good for, for now, a good I think uh, that we, I think that we, good mic. We, You're bringing this, Ben references in. We appreciate it. We've yeah. had this conversation before, right? Where I don't know that, like, because it, it starts to bump up against the Calvinistic thought of total depravity. And, like, I don't know that I, that I buy completely into that. Because, like, when God says, I created humanity in, in my own image, that can't be total depravity, even yeah. if we broke it a little, because it means that we basically destroyed God's image within us, and I don't think that's true. They kind of press on the accelerator with the total. You know, it's like, yeah, we're right. depraved. And, and, I mean, hey, man, I, I, uh, a lot of people think I'm a pretty pretty okay guy. Man, you, my evil thoughts are putrid. They would, they would make your hair curl. Yes. The things that I think on an average week of, of, hey, I should do this. And then I'm like, no, you shouldn't, and yeah. I don't. But, the, I mean... It's just who we are. Yes. Uh, where there's the evil within us. What is it James says? We're tempted by the evil within us because we have evil in us. Right. I mean. Yeah, I I just don't know. You take some of the theoretical discussions out of it, and let's say God's Word is a package, and how we've tried to organize it or talk about it in our own human religious language apart from that. You cannot honestly... Like I just feel like you're lying to yourself because the problem is is that when you say most people are good by nature, what is your measurement for good? Mm-hmm. Right? It's are really you, crappy. Right? Are, well, are you measuring that based based on your own estimation of good, right? Or what the Bible is, says is good? Hence, what God says is good. Because if by your your own base nature you are pretty close to what God looks like, I I find that hard to believe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. that's just hard to take in. Now I don't know that you have to overcrank on this example because at the end of the day, I don't know that I actually care. It's a weird thing to spend a whole lot of time thinking about, right? If, Other than I know people who will excuse their lifestyle by saying, "Well, I'm totally depraved. I can't help it." So I can have affairs. I can have. I can live this lifestyle. I can do what I want because I can't. Nothing can stop me. Yeah, but once again, that's sociopathic. Well, and also you'd have to be really cherry picking parts of the Bible that you decided to right. apply to yourself because there's plenty of encouragements in the letters from Paul. Right. You know, right? Then there's Jesus talking about how you can how you could you could live a life that he designed to be mm-hmm. and 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 the sacrifices that he was going to make and why why it actually matters. Right. Like why did God why did why did Jesus have to die to correct a brokenness within 
humanity if you were just going to suck anyway. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Hey. And so, like, you'd have to ignore a good 90% of the rest of the Bible. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's, a, it's a giant story of God's personality and character redeeming a bunch of messed up people. Yeah. Like, you cannot read your Bible at half speed and go, man, this is a bunch of great people. No, it is a bunch <laughs> of horrible people that God redeems through his story and his son. Yeah. That's the only way it works. Paul, terrible guy. Terrible guy. David, awful dude. Straight up awful dude in certain ways. God redeemed his story through all of them because of him, not them. He's the one who's good. And his comparison also doesn't work because it's one and done. So this it is, is perfection in God or sin that exists within us. The one and done factor is it is complete removal from him because of his existence. And so that's the that's the reason that Jesus is the only way this works is because it's not like this gradient of eh, I'm okay to, oh, I'm worthless. It's either you're perfect or you are no longer on that scale and there's a chasm between you and God. So this is this is to Dan's point where we're, we're like – we are we are we are probably heavily churched and not well discipled, not well taught, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Because like like this is what <clears throat> teachers of the word start to point out is is I can certainly cherry pick a couple verses and go this is going to be the truth about me, but like where the preachers of the word look through the whole entirety of the of the story of God and go, but this is what you're missing, and <laughs> and then and then say like you're missing the ninety percent that said that can't that can't be true. Right, or it's the same folks that'll be like, the devil's trying to get me down. The devil's after me. Blah blah. <laughs> this devil's the huge problem. And like, it's the it's the teacher of God's word that says, you know, how many times the devil's brought up <laughs> as being like a thing to be super worried about on from humanity's perspective. Most of it's in joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> I had a fellow tell me that uh, the devil's trying to make him eat midnight bologna sandwiches one time. <laughs> I feel like we need to make a separate podcast that's just Nathaniel like, dropping stories right. like that with no context. People to think. And he can't, he can't remember the majority of the rest of the story. It's just, I remember a fellow that told me the devil was trying to get him to get the the midnight baloney. So, Thanks, Nathaniel. I felt a, a distinct call to ministry it. in fourth grade, which is pretty pretty unusual. But the, but really, the what... The driving force behind that was that I, I was not in this meeting. Obviously, I was a child, but uh, my dad was having extramarital affairs. Uh, he and my mom went to the pastor. It was a, a Calvinistic church. Uh, the preacher asked my dad, are you a believer? And, and he said, yeah. And he said, all right, you're good then. Don't worry about it. And the marriage crumbled more after that. Now, that, that was my mom's perspective. Yeah, right? that's about right. So, um, but he also continued on and then... Uh, you know, every, you know, all that happened. Uh, but at that time, I thought to myself, "That is ridiculous." Mm. You know, you're saying he can't help it. You're saying you can't help having affairs, so just go ahead and do it and and make your wife. She has to submit. That's just her job. It's like that is garbage. Uh, at that point, I'm like a child, and I'm going, you know what? Some I'm going to grow up someday, and someone has to preach the Bible, not not that crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that's it's from. The, it is. I mean, it's taught. Uh, in churches, sweet uh, Moses, that's yeah. rough. And so, and so, actually, to to sum all this up is one like I I think what we like to tend to do is we like to go look this this people aren't being discipled well. Yeah, they're not being taught well. They're not being taught the full counsel of God. But here's the thing: is teachers of God's word can only teach if you want to listen to it. And mm-hmm. so, once again, like 
this is not second century Israel. You have access to to God's word at any chance that you want to read it. It is free for the taking in both electronic and, and manual paper form. And if you're choosing not to read it and then running off the, the you know the, the balcony and deciding that you're gonna live life based on <clears throat> one section of scripture that you read, like that's just that's just absolutely it's not the on the preacher's fault. Yeah. That's not the teachers of God's words. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have a responsibility right. to make sure that the words coming out of our mouth as teachers of God's word are consistent with what God is saying, paraphrased in a holy way so people can understand if need be, but still consistent with God's heart and intent for the way that scriptures were presented, read, and, and, and given to us. But if people are flat out willing to call themselves an evangel an evangelical 56% evangelical saying that Jesus is not god you're not reading your bible you're not an evangelical mm-hmm. i struggle to feel that you might actually know jesus at all yeah because that was going to be a real weird conversation when you die hello jesus <laughs> i didn't actually think much of you on earth can i come in <laughs> you seemed okay <laughs> what do you think can you see if your dad's yeah, home <laughs> i don't know you that would be horrible horrible business Okay, you're listening to Live from the Path on Life from the Path, uh, dot org. Uh, if you have any complaints about the show, let's say you love all those heresies. You're like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. These things are like a warm blanket to me, and they make me feel comfort at the end of my nights. Uh, you should probably call the Bob Eisenhower Complaint Line. That's 515-517-0085, 515-517-0085. That's a call or a text. Uh, you can send giffies, I think. That would be kind of uptown. Nobody think- calls them giffies, you weirdo. You could send moving pictures. That would be kind of uptown. Uh, anyway, that's uh, get a hold of the live from the Path Complete Line. Also, if you're listening on the podcast, either through uh, – I listen to it both through uh, Apple Podcasts and then Amazon uh, hosts the show. Oh, and we have an Instagram handle. Buva, are you still running our Instagram account? Uh, no, I don't have Instagram on my phone anymore. Uh, top level fail. Nathaniel, you big on the Insta? I also got rid of it. Dan, talk to me. Uh, you know, I have it. I never look at it, so I don't even know. All right, it, our yeah. Instagram is on fire. You should check it out. There's all kinds of content being posted, and all kinds of people <laughs> to interact with. So just consider uh, hooking up with us on uh, Instagram and leaving us a review on the podcast. I don't think we uh, actually care what you write, um, but it does uh, start to put our uh, our name in some algorithms that help other people to listen to the show. All right, let's get some uh, let's get some advice handled, and we're going to sally on out the door. Here we go, dear. Live from the path. Woo. My husband and I have been married for 40 years, and we've had our ups and downs. My problem is, he frequently talks about the girls he knew before me. He describes them all in glowing terms. Gorgeous, perfect body, beautiful hair, well-endowed, and on and on. Oh, because they were teenagers. Yeah. It makes me feel... Oh, Dan. It, <laughs> it was makes before. Me feel, I mean, it, was <laughs> it makes me feel self-conscious and inadequate. Add to this, he is short-tempered with me. He constantly finds fault the way I do things and speaks to me harshly. When I told him how it made me feel, his answer was that I was sick in the head. He won't listen or acknowledge that he has a part in the problem. Where do I go from here? Okay. Wait, married? Yeah. 40 years. Married. Married for 40 years. And he's talking about people he met 45 years ago. Mm. And comparing his current situation to, I mean, everything's better when you're 20, I mean, (laughs) in the body, you know? Everything starts sagging when you're hit 
I don't know, you sagging yet? Uh, 20, 29? Yeah, let's know. go around the room. Who's sagging? <laughs> Sweet Moses. Hey, boys, Dan's put a question on the table. Who's sagging? I, if that saying. doesn't make it to a chance card on Live from the Popoli. T-shirt of the week? Are you sagging? Uh, okay, so here's the deal. You, uh, opening gambit, you get to describe how crappy the man is. Second, we need to we need to discuss how the an answer to her problem is. Where where does she go from here? So one, the dude's obviously, a, I mean, top shelf, awful shyster, horrible, horrible man. Um, and now here's the thing: it's like it's not marriages of, of forty years. Uh, I mean, Dan can probably speak to this closer than I can. I I'm at thirty seven. So like, but she can say, "Hey, dude, why are you bringing this up?" Yes. I mean, she needs to have that kind. Of, why? What? Why? Well, it sounds like she this? already tried, and he called her sick in the mind or something. Yeah. Well, he's he's a jerk, and like, I, you can start to take even it's it's a prophet in his own town, right? Like, like you can start to take the best parts of the person you've known for forty years, and they become so familiar to you that you forget how awesome they are. Exactly. Right. And that that does happen in marriage. It's, mm-hmm. it's something to guard against people who actually give a crap about their spouse. You have a romantic view of the person you knew before them, everything. Oh, it was so romantic and happy and we were singing right. happy days or whatever the era. Because they weren't with you for 25 years That's plus. A, especially previous relationships. They didn't go through any trials with you. They didn't go right. through the everyday ups and downs with you. Like it was, And most of it was when you were younger. You had money to throw around. Yeah. You had freedom of time. Everything was bubblegum flavored ice cream in the soda jar. Talking right. about everything. You could do things a little bit more irresponsibly and it wasn't such a huge burden. And then by the time you've been married 40 years, if you, you know, get out of bed wrong... Your ankle hurts, and you're yeah. like, I'm not going to be able to move for three days. This is not great. It's your fault. Hey, man, this I is the default for all these, and I, I us- we usually don't try and say it, but you know what your marriage needs is Jesus. Like, <laughs> like, straight up, you need an arbiter between the two of you so that he can understand what it looks like to be a, a, a reasonable and good man in his life, and you can have standards in yours. And I'm sure there's fault on both parts. That's how marriage works. But we don't have that part of the story. We've got this one. Y'all need Jesus. You need somebody in the middle of this that when he says you're sick in the mind can go, no, you're an a-hole. That's absolutely incorrect. She is valid. She needs validating her thoughts and you're doing nothing but breaking her down. You are not her peace. You are not her safety. You are not her place that tells her that the things in her mind that scream at her that she is inadequate and she is not good enough. You do not have, she doesn't have safety from that. She has you, which is, an, is someone that literally perpetuates that fire in her brain at all times that we all have. You are disgusting, and I truthfully hope that you guys can find something in the middle of this, because I'm so sorry you're there. Yeah, he he's a he's a intimidating bully. I, I hate to use the word bully because it's so overused, but that's really what, he's just bullying right. his wife. Yeah, he's so, just a jerk. So her question is: Is where do we go from here? Church. <laughs> I, I here's the deal without there are bullies him. in church, though. I mean, yeah, if he won't go, we go without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And so, like, he, and hopefully he sees Jesus in you. And then starts going, oh crap! I got to figure this out. And the scriptures have spoken directly to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like she's got to confront him. That, yeah, I, yeah. I think she has full rights to say. Oh, I mean, here's the thing: you have full rights to say the truth. The truth yeah. is never barred, and make sure right. uh, that it is the truth. But like, yeah, yeah. I think you get to pump the truth out. I think you need to talk to him and say, look, I just, I can't. I'm not going to tolerate this of you, you know, putting me down like this and and comparing me to to, to women that I just have no chance of competing against. Right. And to be honest, like. 
you chose me. But yes, I obviously competed well against them right, 40 right. years this ago. This is your feeble mental picture of someone 40 plus years ago. Exactly like Mike said, minus all the trauma, the trials, the tribulations that marriage comes with. And of course, you're going to look fondly at that and go, oh man, everything was sunshine and rainbows. But Maybe you're a freaking jerk do. for bringing that up and going, man, they they were great. You're the you're the pits. Yeah. She used yeah. to have a big dinner and bring all the old girlfriends in and <laughs> see what they all look like. Yeah, right. I mean, here's See all thing. that hair missing? And then see how much they like him when she describes what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah. See, th- this is the same reason that we tend to tend to, to follow a celebrity culture, right? They got zero responsibility. They're, fly- yeah. they're buying anything they want. They fly around, do whatever they want. They marry whoever they want. And, like, everybody looks at it so fondly. It's like, man, if I just had this, if I just looked so handsome or I was so beautiful or I had this much money and blah, blah, blah. And, like, ain't none of the marriages last any longer than five right. years maximum. <laughs> And they probably cheated on each other three times. They don't spend it. any time and, like, together. Like you don't really want that. You right. don't want that. And so like this is the same thing. The dude's living it. It's a lie. The thing that he's looking back on and reminiscing about is a thing that never happened. It's a fictional representation. As right. if those relationships would have continued and not had the same trials that going through a marriage for forty years starts to look like. And like it's it's obviously uh, that woman deserves way better than this. Not to say I like I don't anyone. Know, I don't know what her side of this thing is or like his side of this thing is, but here's here's what we would recommend. I think our advice is going to be, listen, you need some community around you um, and and some way to look at him correctly um, to be able to speak into his life and watch the change that God makes in you be the change that God makes in him. And it stinks that you're the one that has to pick up the mantle. He's not carrying his own weight, but he's not doing it now. So you obviously, I, I'm like, you, you just as well... Uh, get involved in a local church community and let God start to change that community around you. And then his harsh words don't get to penetrate quite so far. And then he gets to see the difference and just keep praying that God turns him around. He's not a happy man. Otherwise, he wouldn't be taking this right. out on you. He he is sexually frustrated. Yeah, because he, he probably hates himself. His 20s and he's blaming her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not to get clinical with this, but there's a certain level of like, it might benefit you to possibly find a counselor mm-hmm. that can help you work your way through these negative thoughts and the negative self-talk that you have in your life that leads yourself down this path of insecurity that allows his words to cut way deeper than they should. If you are able to find an identity that is rooted in something more important than the, the, the lie that you tell yourself or your trauma or your pain or your emotions tell yourself all the time that you're not worth anything... You need something in your life that tells you different. And a lot of the times a counselor is going to tell you that you are that positive force in your in your mind that needs to go, okay, I'm not ugly. I'm not stupid. I don't need to compare myself to his 18-year-old girlfriend 42 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm me. I am worth something exactly where I am now. There's no comparison necessary. Okay. Secular says, the question was, where do I go from here? Secular says, I'm glad you asked. Where you go from here is to the office of a licensed psychotherapist to help you figure out why you have tolerated being treated this way for 40 years and give you the tools to regain your battered self-esteem. Well, okay. Your short-tempered husband is no prize. Whether his long-ago girlfriends could have competed for Miss Universe is beside the point. He somehow wound up with this flawed little old you. You are no more sick in the head than I am. Ooh. 
Not a weird way to put that. <laughs> Wrap your mind around the fact that uh, around that fact and recognize you are married to a verbal abuser with an overactive fantasy life, and the better off you'll be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just a caveat, and this I really want you to hear me the right way here. I agree with all those things. He is a uh, verbal abuser, and he does have an overactive fantasy life. But like, if there's one thing I ever remember from Dan Hudson is hurting people hurt people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like. Uh, and it's really hard to hear when that person is hurting you, and it's really hard to hear when they're just ho- the horrible, evil things come out of their mouth. But like once again, this is where Christians look at the world just a little bit differently. Is um, despite whatever evil is coming out of you right now, we love you enough to try to to show you a way out of it. And so like, and and, and here's the thing: is I, I don't know if it if it crosses many more lines than it is now. I I don't know that that person's you. I'm not saying that you have to single-handedly wheelbarrow this this jack and apes in, in, <laughs> into Jesus's glory, right? God will deal with them as God deals with them, and it's on Him to make sure that He submits to those things. But um, yeah, I, I the psychotherapist I'm not against. Um, I, I would strongly recommend that you find yourself some Jesus-loving community mm-hmm. and um, and maybe be able to um, let that. Um, speak into your life and hopefully uh, speak through his. Just in case anyone's actually going to listen to this that isn't just looking for the the uh, dear life on the path, it doesn't have to be a full-on psychiatrist or psychologist. Sometimes you can just talk to somebody that's called a counselor, and they may help you. You don't have to go straight to medication with that stuff. Like, it can just be like someone that goes, hey, you know, we, let's techniques. talk through this. Yeah. 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 So, just that. Sorry. All right, you've been listening to Live from the Path on LiveFromThePath.org. Live streaming on the YouTube, come at you on all the social medias, on the Facebook and the Instagram. And I don't know if any of those things are true. I just <laughs> Anyway, get a hold of us, listen to us throughout the week, leave us a review. Uh, write us a question, get a hold of us on the complaint line. It's 515-517-0085. It's 515-517-0085. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if it's next week, week after. Ben might be out one more week. He's got a lot of important Ben things to do. And so you might be left with the, uh, the B-Squad. Yeah, I think uh, he is out next week. Okay. But we're happy to be here. Uh, thanks for hanging around with us on Live from the Path. And as always, uh, be faithful in the means, and God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. Jonah got an old brass horn He's had it since the day that he was reborn But he ain't gonna blow for this end